Hello, and welcome to another fun-filled nonsense retrospective. I'm your host as always, Rick, and joining me equally as always is Devon. Hey, shut up, sit your ass down in that chair, and drink your goddamn tea. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, I'm glad I picked a fucking quote that... You vaguely forgot. Yeah, and if that's not clued you in, we're talking today about Final Fantasy VII. But before we get any further, let's get into our time-honored tradition of the nonsense asinine hypotheticals. And do you have one for me? I do, it's a bit generic, and... Well, this is only our first foray into Final Fantasy, so what better time to whip out this question? Sure. But yes, my question is thus. Who is your Final Fantasy waifu? Ooh. Not restricted to seven can be any Final Fantasy. Game. I mean, it could be Tifa, it could be Lulu, could be fr- probably Fran, let's be honest. Oh, you're going the furry route. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at her. She's Fran. <laughs> <laughs> and if, uh, if, if Fran is off the table because she's taken, then you can always go with any of the other bunnies, which is really, really racist and racially profiling that I'm treating them as interchangeable. It but, is. Uh, <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> um, like, what, 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 who can I think of off the top of my head? Fran's sister, Mjern, is pretty cool. Captain Lena is one that I really enjoy the company of. She's in 14, right? Yeah, she's the she's the one in 14. She can join for one mission, and then after you do that mission, if you redo it again, you can't have Captain Lena. It sucks, but I understand why, because she can't come out of the first. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's, it's a mission that takes place in the first, next to her house. <laughs> like, there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to redo that mission when you redo it. Because what's but, the point in leveling her up to 80 when you can level up Fancred? Yeah, or any of the other characters that you can level up. Whereas, you know, she only just joins for that one story dungeon version. So yeah, Captain Lena might be my my actual Final Fantasy waifu, as uh, <laughs> as milk toast as it may be. <laughs> like, here's a generic as fuck character, but she looks kind of like the character I like, so hey well, she's got some she's got some nice characterization and she's got a really nice smile at the end of it as well, which is which is always fun. Okay. Like I wasn't gonna <laughs> forbid you from having Fran for fuck's sake, but hey, if you want Captain name I forget already. Yeah, Captain Lena. Yeah, if you want the Captain Lena, then have Captain Lena. <laughs> So yeah, that's going to be my uh, my underrepresented Final Fantasy waifu. <laughs> but for you, I'm going to turn one back on you from the past oh. that, that you gave to me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, what's your ultimate fictional crew for spacefaring japes? I don't remember asking this question. <laughs> yeah, you can assemble a crew of well as many people as you like, but I think you I think you limited it to three or four for traveling across the universe in a spaceship of your well not of your design, but to suit your needs, traveling across the galaxy or the universe. Okay. Um. Okay. First things first. I want Darth Vader. Okay. Uh, assuming that I'm not on his bad side, he's a pretty good yeah. pick. He's an ace pilot, and he's a fucking enforcer for a reason. Wouldn't you rather have Anakin Skywalker then? No, because if you have Anakin, then he's still susceptible to, you know, turning. Sure. Like, you, you can't really have Darth Vader post-face turn because he's dead at that point, so he'd only be a Force ghost at best. Fair, So, fair. taking Vader on the assumption that everybody in his crew is loyal to me. Sure. Is, is that a cool assumption to make? Yeah, yeah. The, the assumption is that everyone is loyal to you within the boundaries of the character's personality. So, if you have Vader and Obi-Wan, then they probably wouldn't get along with each other. But if you have Anakin and Obi-Wan, they probably would. Yeah, I get you. I'm going to I'm gonna have Vader then. I'm going to limit myself to one Star Wars dude. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll have Vader, because again, pilot, enforcer. I think that's a pretty good combo. Plus, he's a space wizard. Sure. <laughs> uh, here's where it gets tricky, because I've got to be honest with you, apart from Darth Vader, it's not really... like He's, he's such an awning encompassing character. He's got to bring so much to the table, you don't really need much else. Just Vader and ten red shirts. Ha! 
That's a pretty good one. Um, I'll, I'll bring along Subject Zero or Jack. Okay. Because she is my waifu. Uh, <laughs> she probably would get along with Vader, actually. Assuming Vader left her alone when she didn't want to get fucked with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, let's be honest, Vader's only got the hots of one person in the galaxy because it's the basis of pretty much every Vader storyline ever is him trying to revive Padamame. Yeah, yeah. Padme, yeah. I refuse to fucking call her Padme. I think Padamame's ten times funnier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Subject Zero, Darth Vader. Am I allowed Q? Oh, you're allowed Q, why not? Yeah, I'll take Q because even when he's being a dick to us, at least it'll be funny. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. I want the three most powerful wizards in Space Force history to be on my team. <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader, Q, and Jack. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a. Like, it's not very diverse, I'll grant you, but like, I've got entertainment and a weird, funny bro in Q. I've got someone who can always get shit done and is an expert pilot in Vader. And I've got Subject Zero, who is cool. In, she's awesome in combat. She uses, she's a fucking vanguard with a shotgun. Yep, yep, yep. And on a personal note, I just fucking adore her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking uh, post fucking assignment, Jack. Like this is Mass Effect Free Jack, where she's fucking successful and doesn't have to worry about the fucked up shit from her past. Yeah, and she's got a bit of a lid on her feelings for Cerberus and you know the world. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my team of three. If, yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't allowed Q, I'd probably take Riker. Okay. But yeah, uh, he's a pretty good um, he's a pretty good heart character, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, unlike Picard, he actually fucking goes on missions. But you can see why Picard stuck to the ship. It was more of yeah, a yeah. it was a more of a diplomat character was Picard, which I fucking adore mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. type of person, but not necessarily great on field missions. Yeah, I, I like when that kind of character knows their place mm. and like knows where they're not gonna be useful, so they they just choose not to do. The things that are going to put them at a massive disadvantage. So yeah, they're uh, they're playing to their own strengths. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, uh, assuming my first pick was allowed, my space exploration team is Darth Vader, Subject Zero slash Jack, and Q. With a sub of Riker, if in case Q is too powerful. <laughs> Not even too powerful. It's like if Q gets bored. Uh... <laughs> if Q leaves, he just leaves you with Riker. It, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Q's like I'm <laughs> I'm bored, but I know you need free people. Be one second. Boop boop. Here's Riker. Riker these dudes are cool I'm gonna go have fun Riker's just in his undies having a shave <laughs> no he can't shave pre-beard Riker sucked <laughs> I mean people with beards still shave yeah I guess I don't know man I watched He's a trim. <laughs> I watched the fucking first series of TNG before being told that the first series of TNG can be skipped <laughs> yeah <laughs> I watched the first two episodes and after that's done you don't really need to watch season one because nothing matters Dude, that entire series is the reason why there's a, a trope on TV tropes of growing the beard. And it's basically when a series just gets better after a certain point in time. And you can attribute it to when a certain thing happened in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- and, and for the next generation, it was when Riker grew the beard. Like, I'd seen plenty of uh, Star Trek memes, and in all of them, Riker has the beard. So when I watched Star Trek, and he introduced Riker, and he was this clean-shaven, baby-faced youth, I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I picked a pretty solid team, if a bit, um, one uh, one skill and one skill only, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you picked a good skill to pick, though. <laughs> 
Q's a god. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I know. I know. People like to pretend he's not, but he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a force of nature, as it were. But yeah. So today we're talking about Final Fantasy VII, the progenitor of oh so many modern JRPG tropes. And while it's not where the series began, it's the first one we got in the UK, releasing in 1997 on the PlayStation. It's the seventh, I think, entry in the Final Fantasy series. And the only reason that's even in question is because while most of the non-numbered spin-offs happened after this, there were a couple of games that weren't Final Fantasy games in Japan, but they got rebranded for the American audience. America got Final Fantasy 1, 4, and 6, released as 1, 2, and 3. But starting with 7, everyone had the same numbers. That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think they actually even made NES Final Fantasy 2 in America and then realised this is going to sell poorly and they scrapped it. Mm, yeah, fair. So they basically skipped until FF4, which was on the SNES, and released that as Final Fantasy 2. And that was, it was like a massive jump from the first to that. So it really did feel like a a super sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, for people that were in Japan, it was a console jump already, so there was already the big jump from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4, but what you really felt was when the chorus kicked in at the beginning and the endless arpeggios when the and you didn't get the chorus until Final Fantasy 4 onwards. As an aside, do you know why it's called Final Fantasy? Yeah, because they thought that was the last game they were ever going to make before the company went bust. Wasn't they? Were there one specific person thought that go ahead i can't tell you his name but it's the the, the guy in charge yep. the, the guys <laughs> the guys working on the game didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> Only the person in charge was like, ooh, if this doesn't work out, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last throw. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I know Final Fantasy 1 was groundbreaking for the time, but I've gone back and played that game and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like, it's one of those where if you don't know that it was an early game, you wouldn't know that it was early because, like, so many of the things that it does are tropes that just appear later on anyway. And it's, it's like, I can't believe that this is the first game that did this. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it is also essentially a D&D campaign with the numbers filed off. Yep. <laughs> like, even down to Bahamut being a dragon, like, that's a D&D thing, not a Final Fantasy thing. Shh. <laughs> the JRPG nerds don't like our Western RPGs. <laughs> yep. They don't want to be capped at level 20. <laughs> even though it's more than enough. Well, true. Have that you, is the thing. Have you seen the Bow Body comic of the level 9,999 secret hidden JRPG boss going up against a level 20 Western RPG character? I haven't seen that one, no. Uh, she's a succubus, and she's just like, ha ha ha, you puny level 20, you think you can defeat me? <laughs> you should just get on your knees and serve me as a servantile, servanty, servanty slave. And, um, what did he do, just cast Time Stop? <laughs> no, he just goes, actually, I'm from a Western RPG, so level 20's the cat. Yep. <laughs> Actually, why don't you get on your knees and you serve me? And, she go, and then she just goes, hmm, okay. And and it's just him and his thoughts. I may have invested all of my stat points in charm and charisma. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a follow-up of uh, him being evil and sitting on the throne and saying how, oh, you see, our game has a loosely veiled morality system, but in reality, you can either be incredibly good or incredibly evil. There is no in-between. <laughs> As he threatens to kill all the fucking children in order to get a few copper coins. Uh, <laughs> 
Yep, yep. <laughs> Murder Hobo Runner 1, guys. <laughs> FF7 was also a jump from Nintendo, where Square had pretty much been a second party with soft exclusivity to the brand new PlayStation, which was itself also Nintendo's fault, after contracting Sony to build a disc-based system, and then choosing not to make it their next generational leap in favour of traditional cartridges. Sony released it themselves, and they needed their own niche to compete with the big boys of Nintendo and, well, then, Sega. RPGs weren't a big market in the West at this time, so the PlayStation can probably be credited with starting the modern RPG fandom. For the West, at least, definitely. Yeah, yeah, in the West, definitely. And nerd history aside, FF7 begins with your spiky-haired Lego man with an impossibly thick sword, helping out a bioterrorist organization to send a message to the mega-corporation Shinra to stop pillaging the planet for its lifeblood. There's more to it than this, and Shinra isn't even the main villain, but he's got a finger in every stinky pie gone bad in this world. Your cast of characters in is anime trope progenitor Cloud, gun arm scary black guy Barrett, originally called Bullet, who swears like a goddamn sailor. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I think he might be the first main character who swears like a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and they follow up later on with fucking Sid doing it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they both do the same thing. They swear in, like, shift one, two, three, fours. <laughs> yeah, 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 with fucking at symbols and ands. Yeah, and ampersands and hashtags, yeah. <laughs> I've not played uh, much of the remake beyond what the demo gave us, but I wonder if they toned down his swearing in the remake or not. Uh, he, he even says shit in the demo, so... Oh, shit ain't nothing. They didn't even bleep that in the original. I'm talking... Yeah, fair like, enough, The fair amount enough. of times he's clearly saying, you fucking goddamn fuck, fuck you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk how he's a massive fucking Mr. T ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is. <laughs> he's got the mohawk and everything. Yeah, like they <laughs> clearly meant for him to be Mr. T. Like I'm glad they toned that down and went a different direction with it in the remake. Yeah, yeah. They made it. They made the remake version of him follow his his Lego model rather than his in battle model more. So they made him more blocky. I think it was an Advent Children thing with the cornrows. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Um, but yeah, you got Jim Bay Brawler Tifa, charity shop fashion flower girl Aerith, later Aerith. Now here's the question. Which one of those two girls is the thirstier? Oh, um, I think Aerith is the thirstier one, but Tifa wins. <laughs> yeah, Tifa wins because, uh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Several spoilers, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the swearing guy, Sid, closest we have to a Dragoon this time round. Ninja Lolly Yuffie, edgy vampire guy, Vincent, and the weird ones, Red 13, who's some kind of lion wolf, and Kate Sith, who's a doll riding another doll controlled by a Shinra board member keeping tabs on you. Well, I've got to ask right now, because I'm not sure if you do. What's Red 13's real name? Nanaki. Oh, yeah, you knew it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I knew it, and uh, when I went to replay the game, I just called him that. <laughs> yeah. Because you can rename any character. <laughs> Man, I remember when I was playing through the first time. I'm like, I don't like Eris. She's a flower girl. What? What's What's the most flower thing you could think? Um, Rose. Flora Margarine. Oh wow! So I called her Marge. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Flora would have actually been better. Flea, Flora would have been better, so yeah, I call her Marge. <laughs> so, the majority of Disc 1 takes place in Midgar, the starting town turned up to 11. Midgar is Shinra's capital. It's a mega city, and there's very little else in the wide world apart from villages and other small settlements. The world isn't empty, it's just not that populated since most people live in Midgar. After some misadventures, the president decides to drop one eighth of the city's top pizza on the undercity below as a way to get back at Avalanche for their recent terrorist actions while killing none of the main party members. But in the original, I believe it does kill Jesse Biggs and Wedge though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guest star party members that aren't really party members, they're just NPCs that join you for the terrorist stuff. Yeah, they all get splattered. <laughs> I gotta assume they changed that in the remake. 
I don't think they do. Like, Jesse might survive, but that's only because there's so much ship tease with her. How can my uh, fucking eco-terrorist possibly be this cute? <laughs> As revenge for the revenge, you go to kill him, but by the time you get there, it's already been done for you by the actual Bid Bad Sephiroth. Uh, sorry, it's pronounced... <laughs> <laughs> Does your brain Bullshit not do that every time? Symphonies, we dance round lemon trees. Sephiroth. <laughs> Dude, I do love the like literal pa- translations of um of Latinesque singing because they're so funny. My favourite is uh, Duel of the Fates with Corn on the Cob. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Corn on the kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Misheard lyrics <laughs> of non-English things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Sephiroth, like Cloud, is a fountain of XPs with the pair of them pretty much being in the same spot as Darth Vader and Shah Aznable as far as being a trope storm is concerned. Sephiroth is an impossibly pretty, impossibly powerful super soldier among super soldiers made by infusing his parents with the DNA of a long dead calamity craving alien that's just a couple of steps behind being Lovecraftian and if the game were made today she probably would have been. But he thinks he's one of the ancients a race native to the planet who have some kind of connection to the planet itself and through this delusion he's convinced that his destructive urges are the will of the universe and he wishes to commit toaster bath on the entire planet with a meteor to use the release of souls to become god or something. Man I'll be real with you. Uh, I always knew FS7 was dumb but listening to all of it listed out in one big fucking series of sentences, a paragraph if you will, yep. <laughs> really does fucking hammer home how fucking dumb this game is. <laughs> I mean this is on the heels of Kefka who's basically the cosmic equivalent of a cat pushing a glass of water off the table. Kefka is chaos for chaos's sake defined. Yeah. But Sephiroth, um, at least, the reason behind his chaos makes a twisted sort of sense through his worldview. It doesn't make it right or correct, and it's still fucked up, but he does rationalise his, you know, thought process. Now, here's a fun thing. When I first played the game, I actually didn't get past disc one. Okay. There was a very specific point in the game which I couldn't get past because I couldn't understand how to beat it, and you, m- okay. you might actually know it when you hear it. It's not long after Midgar. It's, uh, you get to a certain watery area on the overmap where a giant serpent lives. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you try to cross that on foot, you cannot escape the giant serpent and you'll get attacked. And that thing will kick your party's ass at whatever level you are at that point in Mm -hmm, the game. mm -hmm. You actually need to go south and get a chocobo so you can outrun it. But I didn't know that. (laughs) So as a child, I rage quit. Well, I didn't rage quit, but I was like, this game's fucking stupid. I'm not playing anymore. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Little fun thing. I'm pretty sure that uh, that thing is meant to be Midgard Zorma. Could be. Because uh, when they mistranslated it, it came out as the Midgard Zolom. I don't even remember what it was called. So, hey, fair enough. Yeah. And then when you come back to it later, there's a sword through it because Sephiroth's been... taking care of it on your behalf <laughs> yeah that's weird isn't it he had a yeah, second also... even bigger sword that he just left embedded in this thing's skull <laughs> well that's what happens because he still has the Masamune yeah 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 <laughs> like, what the f- it doesn't make any sense really yeah there's also an optional tower defense bit up there in that zone where you can stop this little outpost from getting attacked but you know I... it's still a bit shit <laughs> it's, it's optional I didn't understand any of the story around that but I didn't care I had so much fun playing tower defense before tower defense was a thing yep <laughs> and uh, in a village slightly south
Gustave West is where you can meet the first optional character. Oh, is that uh, was that Yuffie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yuffie is completely optional in this game. You meet her in a forest, and you get to get, you, you get to chat to her after the after the combat that you've had. And if you say the right things, then you then she joins you. And if she joins you, then you have more fun because more characters is more fun. <laughs> I mean, no lie. Has anyone ever complained about having too many characters? Yes, but they're wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a Final Fantasy that's ever had too many characters. But then again, I never played anything pre seven. If I recall correctly, either six or four had a fuck ton. Uh, both four had a fuck ton because they kept dropping like flies and they kept getting replaced. But by the end of the game, you only ever had five anyway. Six had, I think. 12, 13 or 14 characters. Yeah, there were fucking lots of them. Yeah, listen, if you like, have a party of four, the most amount of characters you should have in the party as a whole, uh, permanently at least, is eight. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise you cannot possibly juggle all of them. You're going to pick four anyway. They're going to be mm-hmm, your main mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, totally, totally. But yeah, when you reach Cloud's old home time, you get a little bit of backstory. Years ago, he came back home on a mission as a soldier recruit, tagging along while Sephiroth did all the heavy lifting. But when Sephiroth saw something he shouldn't have, he snapped him became evil. His first evil act was to burn down Cloud's entire hometown and stab childhood friend Tifa, who'd been really helpful until now. Cloud snaps and chucks Sephiroth into the raw livestream, just like Vader tossing Palpatine into the reactor core. Are we going to ignore Tifa's cowboy hat? Yeah, Tifa had a really cute cowboy hat back then, just to prove that she was younger. <laughs> and to prove that she was in fact a yokel. Because yep. as we all know, only yokels wear cowboy hats. Fucking shots fired. <laughs> What's your opinion on a cowboy hat? If you walked down the street and saw a random dude walk in the opposite direction with a cowboy hat on, what would you think of him? Uh, I mean, we live in Britain, so I think they were a bit of a tit. Well, uh, let's, let's say you're in the, in the States. Would you not still think the same thing? Because who the fuck wears a cowboy hat if they're not riding a horse? Like, yeah. Cause like, Okay, the place where it makes sense is in really, really, really sunny places because it's basically a baseball cap. It keeps the sun out of your head, but it also keeps it off, the, off your shoulders. Okay, but by that token, if I was in that scenario, I'd wear a sombrero. Yeah, yeah. But that also puts you in a specific other demographic. Only if you choose to. A sombrero just seems more effective in that scenario. True, true. <laughs> I can imagine a fucking, I'm not going to say a state, but you know the one I'm thinking about. A proud fucking blah, 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 would see a dude wearing a sombrero goes, I ain't wearing that. That's a Mexican hat. Go back to Mexicania. <laughs> and you know they didn't say those exact words too. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> After chucking Sephiroth into the live stream, Cloud starts rewriting his own memories via delusions, like pretending that he was more than just a soldier recruit, like, and most importantly, forgetting that he just straight up killed Sephiroth already, and that he came to Nibelheim with Zack at all, doing his best to forget about Zack entirely, it seems. Do, do you know what one of the actual interesting things here is? That mm-hmm. there's a brief moment when you come back to the present time where Tifa just looks confused at the story, but she doesn't yeah, say yeah. anything, so you don't know why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty good, uh, pretty good. Foreshadowing, yeah. Well, also pretty good for the time, because you've got like five pixels on the screen and Tifa's just tilting her head like that doesn't seem right but she doesn't say anything so you don't really catch it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just just saying yeah, before I point that out yeah because she was there and she saw Zack do all the things that Cloud says he did <laughs> but he, she also remembers Cloud being there because he was but it was also a long time ago so maybe she it's very plausible that her memories are also getting moulded up and like oh maybe that did happen maybe I'm wrong yep 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 <laughs> basically Cloud, Cloud gaslit Tifa yep <laughs> now Zack is an interesting character 
character in FF7 because he's not really in it apart from a couple of flashbacks. He's basically a head swap of Cloud, down to using the same costume and Buster Sword, and Cloud models his current life on Zack, who sacrificed his life to let his little buddy get away from a Bolivian army ending to safety. Oh, and he was Ares' boyfriend back when he was alive, and they were pretty serious. And um, when you meet her, she's still kind of hurting from not getting any letters in a while and assuming that she's been dumped. <laughs> my next my next paragraph is Gold Saucer and Yuffie's fucking Wu-Tai bullshit village bullshit. Oh boy, we're jumping forward. Okay, let's get into it. The Gold Saucer. My days. Oh, the introduction of the Gold Saucer is great because it means we get Gold Saucer-esque locations in every Final Fantasy since. Yep. <laughs> There's even a trope of distracted by the Gold Saucer. Like, we got to defeat Sephiroth. Meteor's coming. But I need to play Mahjong. <laughs> but you're saying that, but if you want the fucking ultimate weapon for Cloud, I believe you need to do Gold Saucer crap. Yeah, yeah I think you do, yeah. <laughs> So, eh, man. No, I, think it's, I think it's Omni Slash from the Gold Saucer. Oh, yeah, that sounds more correct, actually. Yeah, because the ultimate weapon comes from the ult- ultimate weapon. I fucking... I hate that naming convention on those fucking beasts. Because <laughs> it comes back in every single Final Fantasy. Here's the super secret boss. What is it? It's the weapons again. Ah. Yeah, it's the egg weapon. <laughs> My days, could you imagine? Oh, oh, I want Sonic to fight the ultimate weapon, but it's just called the egg weapon, and Robotnik's <laughs> com- uh, controlling it somehow. The ultimate egg weapon! <laughs> Get a load of this, Sonic! <laughs> I stole it from Shinra! What's Shinra? <laughs> I don't know! I, it's something like Nira, which I assume is to do with Hira. Wait, fuck it. Okay, you've lost mustache privileges, sir. <laughs> Man, have you seen Robotnik with no mustache? No, I don't want to. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you send me a link, I will unfriend you on Skype. <laughs> okay, oh, I'll send you a different link instead to Mario with no mustache. I've seen that, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we never talked about the fucking Honeybee Inn. Oh, yeah, that was a bit in, um, Midgar. in Midgar, wasn't it? Yeah, so that gets squished. <laughs> No, no, yeah. uh, no! It's in a different district. Is it in a different district? Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a weird rape inn where you you get a choice of dressing up one of your female party members or Cloud. <laughs> uh, you straight up have to dress up. There's no choice. Oh, Cloud has to dress up. Yeah, but it's a case of do you dress up well enough to get to be the one that gets chosen to be the creepy proprietor's favorite girl of the day. Like, if you get chosen, you get to skip a fight. That's all. Because yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter who gets chosen. Aerith and Tifa can fucking look after themselves. Yep, yep, yep. And it's a bit of a thing where you pretty much have to have the guide because some of the things that you have to pick don't make sense until you realise, okay. Like, you have to pick... When you pick a medicine, you have to pick a digestive because there's a guy on the toilet having a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you give him that digestive and he's, and he's all right. But this is to get cologne you don't you're not told this so you get a choice of a deodorant and you're like uh, you think okay maybe that's the one that you pick and you, you just wear it but no you have to give it to someone so giving the guy a deodorant he's like oh okay i i understand where you're coming from i'm not that offended and thank you but i'm not actually feeling any better <laughs> so he gives you a medium cologne <laughs> and then you've also got hey uh this dude is, bit, is looking at a vending machine i don't know what they give but i don't want to go up to it because that's weird and you have to buy the highest priced fucking item on the mystery vending machine and then give it to him and he gives you some good shit yeah. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth like no word of a lie fucking the fan art of cloud cross-dressing fucking birthed something within me when i was younger <laughs> not even gonna lie it might be it might be the reason to blame for a lot of things <laughs> in the remake uh Aerith, um uses a chair and just wields it as a an ultimate weapon <laughs> 
Excuse me? Yeah, when Tifa and Aerith throw down in the remake, she just picks up picks up a chair and just goes full wrestler on it. Well, it can't be less effective than a fucking po- uh, stick that's not even pointy. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, if Aerith was a D&D character, she'd have Tavern Brawler, wouldn't she? Yep. <laughs> Tifa don't need it because she's a monk. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, every time you fight Sephiroth in the main game, it's implied to be some kind of experiment to recreate the success that Shinra had with the original Sephiroth, short-lived though it may have been, controlled by the residual will of the dead man himself, hence why most of them burst into Genova creatures when you fight them. The game never explicitly says this, but with age and perspective, it's one of the interpretations. Man, because we kind of touched on it and we jumped forward a bit, do you remember the fucking bizarreness that was having killed the Jehovah creature on the boat and Hojo sort of mocking you and then you're at the go- the fucking Costa del Sol and he's just chilling in the fucking lounge chair catching the sun? Oh, Hojo is such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, but like, you could go up to him and talk to him and he's just like, I don't care, go away. And, and, yeah. and, and, like, and you do. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Now, yeah. Hojo's creepy and awful for a lot of reasons, but that was probably the, uh, one of the early moments you've seen of him and it's kind of funny yep 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 <laughs> it's not implied until later that he's actually Sephiroth's father yeah, yeah. well we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna call Hojo Rapey Davy from now on <laughs> at the disc one Sephiroth mind controls Cloud into giving him the black materia stabs Eris she's not the first Final Fantasy party member to die two and four had them dropping like flies and five despite being much more light hearted had Galoof but as your main magic user and being clearly the developer's favourite love interest this was meant to sting hard you Years later, rumours persist about Wasted Reviver, citing such evidence as, Oh, they want to put in a limit break term in disc 3 otherwise. Nah, it's because uh, it's there to troll you. And another thing to make you feel bad. Man, I remember reading a Reb comic back in about 2005. Uh, it followed a character called the author, who was clearly a self-insert of the writer, which is fine, it's, it was funny. And he's just sitting on the couch mm-hmm. playing on the playing a PlayStation, and someone and his friend just goes, Hey, who do you prefer, Aerith or Tifa? He just goes, Tifa. He goes, Oh, wh- why? It's like, because well, only fucking necrophiliacs are into Aerith <laughs> that's it that was the joke and then next week he had to apologise because people were shitting on his comic because they liked Aerith too much yep. <laughs> and it's just like wow you fucking pricks it's a joke get over it a joke about a not real character I might add <laughs> oh Jesus Christ nerds are weird Disc 2 starts with Cloud suffering a heroic blue screen of death and being a vegetable for a long time after Sephiroth has tried to convince him that he's just a clone of the one that must have died years ago, mirroring what Sephiroth's actual fate is. So Sid takes over as the main character for some reason, and now that Sephiroth is an actual threat owing to having summoned the meteor which is now on its way, the planet awakens the weapons. The emerald and ruby weapons are super optional super bosses. The diamond weapon is the only compulsory one as it tries to alpha strike Midgar, and the ultimate weapon is the easy one of the optional weapons, which is the one that gives you the ultimate weapon. Hand on heart, I never actually fought any of the weapons. Uh, you must have fought the diamond weapon unless you just didn't complete the game. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you said you didn't complete it when you were a kid. I didn't complete it when I was a kid, and then when I tried to play it when I was like 15, I got to a point and I went, I'm bored. Yep. <laughs> all, the fun stu- all the fun stuff actually happened in Midgar, because that's when all the goofy shit happens. And then... Yeah, and that's the extent of the remake, so... Uh, well, well so f- the remake so far. It's one of those where... Actually, no, I might have been... No, I got to the fucking crater at the end of the game, so I guess I did beat Diamond. Yeah, but I, it just didn't make an impression on you. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. Because I, I had Vincent and Yuffie in my party. I know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did the Wu-Tai shit, because I got sick of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, oh, I just never finished the game because I was like, I don't care. And yeah, I know it's a bit of a fucking video game sin, but eh. 
Yep. Doesn't mean I dislike <laughs> the game or the characters any uh, anymore. I, uh, yep. Everything's cool about the game. I just never originally beat it. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> there is a fifth weapon, the sapphire weapon, but it never gets fought, and it only appears in art books. And uh, that's enough about the weapons, and enough about just just two in general. Sorry, that's kind of funny because it gets a similar treatment in fourteen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you don't even. It doesn't even get a fucking a trial. It's just, hey, here's a cutscene. Here's a mech. Go kill sapphire on your own. Oh, isn't that gonna be hard? Yep, no. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to you get to fight a uh, you get to fight the sapphire weapon in the fucking PSO2 AIS robot thing. <laughs> but you only get for that one mission, and the only thing you can do after that is pose with it for a photo. Yep. <laughs> And disc 3 is basically the final crater and like disc 2 that came before it a lot of the data on the disc is just replicated world map stuff from disc 1 to ensure that you can do as much of the game as possible without having to change discs yep but yes go into the crater beat safer sephiroth meant to be seraph sephiroth but hey at the final 1v1 wet part confrontation within the heart of the planet against the last of sephiroth's soul and finally put him out of his misery in time for the planet to fight back and fight off the arrival of the meteor with holy which I believe is meant to be Ares's last wish or something <laughs> bit ambiguous <laughs> is it yeah yeah it, it, that's that's entirely the thing because there's no dialogue after this point uh so nothing gets clarified next we see is years later and red 13's descendants are roaming free and it implies that all humans died to the meteor uh so it's a bit of a shaggy dog story other than the planet itself is still intact and other life is doing fine except yeah i was gonna say advent children and all the spin-offs exist it's exactly the thing they had to make these spin-offs to make it so that this downer ending wasn't just a downer ending so advent children shows us what a fight with sephiroth should have looked like shows us that life went on my days i've never sat through a film oh fuck that film's like an hour and a half and i only cared about seven minutes of it yep oh geez oh i love final fantasy 7 i love advent children except i don't love advent children i can name two moments three moments in advent children i liked one the fucking victory theme playing on tifa's phone yeah that's <laughs> two the f- that's probably the best bit in the film yeah that's the f- it's the third best bit the second best bit is the fucking cool group fight against super neo luna barmet mm-hmm, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool number three that fucking sephiroth jewel did everything right yep 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 ah <laughs> oh, but fuck is that film not worth it <laughs> yep <laughs> i don't give a fuck about kadaj and his mummy issues no <laughs> fuck yeah, the film shows us that life went on, that Cloud does still remember Ares and didn't just stop thinking about her the moment she became a kebab, and shows us that some living young imperfect Sephiroth clones, free from his direct influence that would have just been clones and Genovas in the timeline. The movie wasn't great, but you don't have to work hard to be better than Spirits Within. Uh, I've got a story about Spirits Within. Go. <laughs> when I was a kid, I fucking loved Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I went, oh, cool, there's a Final Fantasy movie. Mum, Dad, can I get this for Christmas? I got it for oh Christmas boy. on DVD. I went, can I watch it? And they went, yeah. I went upstairs, I watched the DVD on my PS2. And I went, I, oh I, I, I can't remember a goddamn thing about that film, but I remember at the end of it, it was very much Krusty the Clown reaction of, what the hell was that? <laughs> but uh, I remember renting it on VHS with my mate, and that was like the thing that we rented for that weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. At least you didn't get it for fucking Christmas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it was like four quid for a rental as opposed to thirteen quid for a DVD. Oh my days! I think that was my that was one of my big <laughs> presents that year too. <laughs> oh more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! Oh oh god, it was so awful. <laughs> Man, I think that. Um, 
that movie is the reason that they had to have the merger with Enix because before then Square was able to stand on their own I'd, I'd never even heard of Enix before they fused with Square is the weird thing yeah they were the ones that made Dragon Quest ah f- that makes sense yeah so like Enix were their own company before Square and, and vice versa yeah and like Dragon Quest was the thing that was opposite to Final Fantasy in the Japanese um, market JRPG scene so like they were the two big dueling giants kind of uh, like and a bit different because I don't think they directly competed but kind of like a Bandai Namco situation yeah 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 totally totally God Spirits yeah, Within was awful uh... <laughs> oh jeez it crushed little me's heart <laughs> Christmas Rick <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dub- double double bad for me because my birthday's at Christmas. So, like, you gotta wait the entire year to get more presents. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the sequel game Dirge of Cerberus makes Vincent the main character, giving him the spotlight he deserves. But the real spin-off is Crisis Core. I'm sorry, but I want to talk about Dirge of Cerberus. Fuck you. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've not played it, so I, I didn't want. I don't want to spend too much time commenting on a game that I've not played. The story is trash. Yeah. Because of course it is. It's a spin-off based on Vincent, who is just an emo edgelord. That's his thing. Yep, yep, yep. Yuffie's in it because of course she is. Briefly, mm-hmm. I can't remember what role she did, but I remember she having a ch- she has a chat. Because for some reason, I don't know if it's a thing internally, but I know in the fan scene, everyone paired Yuffie and Vincent together because they were the optional characters, despite the fact they couldn't be more opposite to one another. And Yuffie's like twelve. Yeah, Vincent has been sleeping in a coffin for longer than Yuffie's been alive. That's a definite fact. I think Yuffie's actually like 15, but like she might as well be 12. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. I remember at the Gold Saucer when you can choose a date. I was 13. Yuffie was 13. I thought, this is a good reason to pick Yuffie. No, no, it's not. At least the date <laughs> is very cute because it ends with her giving Cloud a kiss on the cheek, so it's not offensive in any way. Yeah, yeah. Which, considering this is a Japanese company, it could have been way worse. It could have been way worse. It could have been way, way worse. Also, Barrett is one of the optional dates for that, so that's fun. Yeah, that's fine. Like, (laughs) I I think I I had the discussion with Chris once, because, again, I was in... I've said it before, I'll say it again. I read fanfiction. I don't care who knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a lot of Final Fantasy 7 fanfiction when I was younger. It was my first exposure to porn. A, a lemon between Aerith and Tifa. Yeah. Uh, go watch our fanfic episode, guys. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people like to paint um, Cloud as either gay or bisexual. Either way, hypersexualizing Cloud. Yep, 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 and yep. I've I've said to Chris uh, many a time, and he kind of agrees in that. If anything, I distinctly feel like Cloud just does not give a fuck about sex. He he I mean, he gives me yeah. an asexual vibe. That doesn't like he's probably yeah ace at best. Like he can be maybe some form of romantic, but you don't have to be sexual to be romantic. Oh, I don't think he's a romantic, but a- a- asexual definitely because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he clearly loves Tifa. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Now, whether or not that's a romantic love, eh, depends on your own interpretation. It can be, it cannot be. But like, as far as sexuality is concerned, I don't think he gives a shit. And he definitely doesn't <laughs> want to fuck Sephiroth. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, the fuck... <laughs> Except maybe he does. No, no. I it, I can believe Cloud... Like, I personally think Cloud is asexual, but even if he's not, I can't buy him wanting to fuck Sephiroth. Not after what he did. No. <laughs> like, every time he does something, he does something bad. <laughs> yeah, he burnt down his hometown and tried to kill his, you know, childhood friend in front of him. And killed Zack. Like, a lot of people paint Cloud and Zack as being really buddy-buddy. By all accounts, they barely fucking knew each other. Yeah, yeah. I... We get to see that in Crisis Core as well. That's a game I didn't play. Like... Oh, that reminds me. Back to Dirge of Cerberus. Um... <laughs> It was a spin-off from the old RPG formula. It was like a third-person shooter. 
Yeah, it yeah. was actually quite fun as a game. The story was dumb, and I don't think you should pay attention to it. But as a game and the gameplay, it's actually quite interesting. Yeah, there wasn't the, like a dual wielding lightsaber chick in there as well. I can't remember. I just remember like shooting shit as Vincent. Yeah, fair enough. I I only know about this this girl Shelky because she's now in Deefafu. <laughs> oh, okay, fair do. But then again, so is Kadaj for some fucking reason. Oh, because the fangirls like anything related to Sephiroth. Yeah. <laughs> I like shit related to Sephiroth, for fuck's sake, but Kadaj can suck a dick. Dude, I have a Sephiroth doll. <laughs> Don't call it a doll. <laughs> I mean, it's an action figure. It's If, you, if you've ever seen the a meme of a Sephiroth toy holding a pear, saying, let me show you this pear, <laughs> it's, that, it's that toy. <laughs> I've not seen that meme, but that's a good joke. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry, but go yeah. on. Uh, tell us about Crisis Core. I've never touched it. I know it revolves around yeah. Zack, some guy called Angelo, and uh, some other dude I can't fucking be asked to remember. Angel is the uh, the good guy friend, and Genesis is the bad guy friend. Oh, fuck. Angelo's the fucking dog from FFA, isn't it? Yeah, Angelo's the dog from FFA. <laughs> oh, I got yeah. that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't Genesis show up still in Dirge of Cerberus? I, dude, I, I don't remember fuck all about the story, because the story was shit. I just remember the game being good. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I don't think enough. he does, because I think Dirge of Cerberus came out first on the PS2. I think it did, but I think the idea is that you put Genesis to sleep and then he comes back later. Yeah, I think it's the idea is that you put essentially one villain on pause while you go and like leave Sephiroth as the villain for the main game, and then you sandwich this one other villain in between the two. Oh, yeah, you're, apparently he does make a cameo in Dirge Servers. Collecting the three G reports unlocks an extra ending. Following Omega's destruction, Weiss's body lays in the flooded cavern, which sends out a shockwave that awakens Genesis. Genesis approaches Weiss and tells him it's not yet time for slumber, and that they have much work to do. He picks up his brother in quotes, spreads his wings, and flies off into the night. Okay. That okay. So the script was written by a thirteen-year-old girl. Okay. Uh, yeah. Care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the Crisis Core complete guide explains that Genesis has reappeared to protect the planet, and his final lines in Crisis Core. Wait. What? No, why is he talking about... Oh, whatever. In Crisis Core, uh, i.e. his finale of Loveless, explains his return, but in more of a riddle, because Dirge of Cerberus FF7 is the last chronological entry in the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, save for the final scenes of Advent Children Complete, Genesis' current status. So, yeah, he appears in Dirge of Cerberus, but it don't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Also, that's... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's super fucking silly, because Dirge of Cerberus is canonically set later, but it came out before Crisis Core. Yeah, so ideally they were... They basically had it written, but didn't know exactly what they were going to do. So they thought, okay, we need a way to make it so that this character can appear. I guess. <laughs> For this Easter egg. Yeah. I also don't know who Weiss is. I assume that's one of the bad guys from Dirge of Cerberus. Again, story in Dirge of Cerberus was very poor. <laughs> then again, it's one of those. The story in most FPSs, shooting games, isn't the best. So <laughs> that's pretty much all I was going to say about that, which is a bit of a wet fart. I apologize. That's <laughs> nah, fine, man. Like, I, f- I get you. Like, I don't exactly play. Like, who the fuck plays a shooter for the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you play the shooter because you want to shoot shit. In Crisis Core, it's a prequel to the main game. You play as Zack. You solo everything the way that Cloud was bigging himself up as being able to do. And it's pretty badass. And it's, let's be honest, is an absolute triumph for the PSP's capabilities. It's, it really does show how you can have almost PS2 quality in the palm of your hand back in the days when the PS2 was still current. Yeah, like, I don't think people actually give the Switch enough credit. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the Switch is almost exactly exactly a portable wii u yeah like i know people are like oh it's not good in portable mode and i'm like yeah but it has a portable mode 
Yeah. Like, fuck. I mean, it's exactly the same console in portable or docked. It's just a case of it has power. Yeah, I I mean, I, I like playing my games on a big screen. The sure. Switch screen is just slightly too small for most Switch games. Sure. But, like, I've, I've had all, pretty much all the handhelds that have ever existed, to a, all the popular ones, at least. I've, I've had pretty much one of them. Like, it's one of those things I just want to go ahead and say. The only reason I own a Nintendo home console is because the home console is the new fucking portable. Yeah, yeah I, totally, totally. I don't buy Nintendo consoles. I buy the handhelds because the handhelds are awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just so happens that, hey, this one, you can play your handheld games on your TV. That's how I look at it. <laughs> Yeah, I've had every Nintendo console since the GameCube, uh, and then I got one of my mates uh, N64s when he moved out at one point. <laughs> Needed to sell everything, and thought that the fourteen quid that they were offering at, at uh, CEX was insulting. So yeah, I uh, I bought it off him for like a ham sandwich and a pint. <laughs> he thought fourteen quid was insulting, but he sold it for food. Yeah, that's fuck. Well, I suppose at least it's between friends and not a fucking company that just wants to gut you. Yeah, the actual thing is, the, the request was not to delete his save files on Zelda. Did, did, did I guess the 64 didn't have a memory card-esque system then? Uh, it had a memory card, but it only worked for some things. Like, some cartridges saved on the cartridge, some of them saved on the memory card. Right. Um, the reason they saved on the cartridge was because sometimes they used the memory card slot on the controller for other things, like the vibration pack or the transfer pack for Pokemon. Didn't they call it the Rumble Pack? Yeah, Rumble Pack. Yeah, that's what they called it. <laughs> it came bundled with Star Fox, which they called Lilac Wars over here because Star Fox was already pirated by something, not pirated, copyrighted by something else. I mean, like, that's what causes piracy is copyright bullshit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much it as far as I'm concerned for the Final Fantasy VII retrospective. Uh, is there no other spin-offs? Were those the only two? Um, Dirge of Cerberus, Crisis Core, and the movie. Like we we talked about the movie a little bit, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Um... No, no, I'm just double checking because I don't know why, but FF7 seems to have had fucking seven million different things. Um. Oh, the remake. Oh, yeah, the remake that I've, I played the demo <laughs> of, but I haven't touched since. I've actually got the remake in terms of owning it just by PS Plus, because it was on PS Plus last year. Yep. So um, as soon as I'm subscribed again, which I will be very shortly, because well, they're, they're giving us Mortal Shell next month. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm going to be able to play the FF7 remake. They cut down the first chapter of the remake to just Midgar and also expanded it more. So they did the best thing about the best part of the game, let's be honest. like In terms of setting, feel and presentation, Midgar is the bee's knees, really. In terms of things that you can do, things that you can feel and things the game can make you feel. Like, being loose in the wide world is nowhere near as rewarding as being cooped up in Midgar and then finally getting released. Well, here's the thing as well, is I'm kind of curious about one thing. There are Mm -hmm. plenty of people who are crazy obsessed about Final Fantasy VII, and because all they've got is Midgar, they've leveled their characters up to level 99 in Midgar. And I'm I'm very (laughs) curious to see if that's going to carry over, as it were? Is that going to keep... Are they just stuck at level 99 throughout the rest of the game as the rest of the game gets released? Because that's going to make a lot of things like inconsequential. Uh, you say that, but they also might pull a sneaky and go, okay, the level cap for part two is 200. That'd be silly. Yeah. Because then that means people who didn't level up to 99 are now handicapped. Or they could do it the FF8 way of uh, scaling all bosses to party level. Yeah, but that sucks. Yeah, it, it just it just disincentivizes leveling. It means yeah, you, the way to win is just be level one, never fight random encounters, only fight bosses which give you no experience. 
I cannot stress FF8 was fucking stupid. Oh, man. We'll get to that in another episode. Let's do our wind down, yeah, eh? Yeah, we will. Oh, we might not even, because there's not as much to talk about in FF8, but yeah. Oh, there's plenty to talk about, friend. We'll just dive into fucking conspiracy theories. <laughs> so, yeah, our final three. Do you have a favourite moment? Uh, cross-dress- uh, cross-dressing cloud. <laughs> sure. It, uh, there's not many things I can point to in the world that birthed something within me, but that is one I can definitely point towards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? Probably the bike chase. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it gave us we set that exact bike in FF14 as a, a buyable mount on the Mog Station. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't the best bike chase ever. And it wasn't even a good racing game. But it was a cool little thing to do to make Cloud look like a badass at that moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get you. And it's so, also, yeah. But it's kind of nullified by the fact that the mechanic for that bike chase scene is literally taken from the fun game in Midgar that you can play. Yep. <laughs> it kind of uh, tones it down a bit, yeah, don't yeah. it? You just go over to the person that you're racing and hit them with sword. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can't all talk about the good without talking about the bad. Do you have a weakest link? I mean, I think I touched upon it early on, and that is when you look at the story beats for FF7, you really fucking acknowledge how fucking stupid this game is. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, I'm gonna say it's a weakest link, but by all means, do I not dis uh, do I dislike it? I fucking love the fact that this game is stupid, but it yeah, is yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's edgy. It's nihilistic. But it's it's something that you need to experience at least once. Like yeah. you you need a yardstick to be able to measure things against it. Yeah, I get you. But I should probably turn the question back on you, Rick. Do you have a weakest link? I'm just going to repeat part of the paragraph. Your feast fucking Wutai village bullshit. Oh my god! (laughs) Now here's a fun thing. If you actually get far enough in the game that you're just swimming in materia, uh, you actually don't have to worry because she only takes like a hundred of your materia and not all of it. Yeah. (laughs) So like the the last 30 of them, you just get to keep. (laughs) Just power through it. (laughs) But yeah, that section of the game fucking sucked because I didn't know that. I just had the fucking materia that was equipped to my dudes. Why would I have five fire materials? Who needs yep, that? Because yep, yep. late in the game, when you max out your materia, a new materia is born. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get copies of certain ones. You just breed materia, apparently. Uh, but it doesn't work for certain things like the uh, the blue mage materia, which I think is what? They just called it enemy, enemy skill? Something like that. I assume it doesn't work for summons either. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think it worked for summons because, you know... Yeah, everybody they, has they Knights of the Round. Summon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knights of the Round is the only only one that's better than a normal attack because it's the only one that hits more than once yeah dude have you seen the <laughs> fucking video it's a bit old nowadays but um it's just someone decided to not recruit yuffie but then go back near the end of the game and they encounter yuffie for the first time in our little forest and they just unleash knights of the round on her and each attack does nine 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 damage and then she's just left on one hp she's like oh man you guys are tough and it's like man yep. what's that bitch era fucking complaining about <laughs> that was a video talking not me i want to come and join you and steal your materia defeat sephiroth but yeah and i'm gonna get into our final bit of do you have an mvp uh, I, I don't know. It's difficult to say. It's a toss-up between the protagonist or the antagonist. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sephiroth because it's the first time I saw a villain where I was like, yes, that design is iconic. Yeah, yeah. And like the, the entire drive to defeat him really does drive the story. And even people that don't want to kill him want to help the people that do. 
Yeah, Sephiroth needs to be put down. He is basically a dog with rabies at the point in the game where you meet him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, yeah, yeah. he is a dog with rabies who is an absolute badass legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes it a bit of a problem. Plus, as you mentioned before, there's some Cthulhu-esque HP Lovecraft bullshit going on in the background with him. Yeah, and like all they had to do was lean more into that and it would make him that just that little bit more compelling, in my opinion. But, at the oh, v- well. At the very least, more sympathetic. Because if they make it more clear... Like, it's already pretty clear that he's being controlled by some weird force. But if they make it clear that he's not entire, you know, even more overtly clear that he is not of sound mind when he's doing all this shit. I don't know. You would have had a better sympathetic villain, but they also might not have yeah. wanted that. Yeah, they don't want a sympathetic Sephiroth, as far as I'm concerned. By the same token, like sometimes they show him post that without the influence of Genova, and he's a little bit more sane. So, like, if you, if you see him in the uh, Dissidia games, this is like post Genova's influence, and he just wants to fight Cloud to fight Cloud at this at that point. Kingdom Hearts, kind of respect. In Kingdom Hearts, his entire motivation is I want to fight strong people because I'm strong as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like, I got to fight Cloud. Why? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> and then him and Cloud go off to space dropping you a Keyblade. That's cool. <laughs> but yes, Rick, I should probably ask you, who's your MVP? This is one that I wouldn't have picked when I was younger because I was an edgelord and I didn't even like the character. But I'm going to have to give it to Eris because I think she drives the early game's narrative in a similar way to how Sephiroth drives it in an antagonistic way, she drives it in a protagonistic way, more than Cloud does. Cloud reacts to what she does more than anything else, and it's her death that really drives things home that Sephiroth is a villain more than, you know, everything else that he's done until this point. You know, he's murdered people, you've seen him kill people, you've you've seen him in flashbacks killing people, but you've not seen him kill someone you care about in front of you yet. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, though. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with Aerith. It's very much the case of... It's overtly clear to anyone with eyes that if Cloud didn't fall into the chapel and bump into Aerith, Cloud would have just gone home after that first fucking mission. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's just like he bumped into Aerith and Aerith gave him a bit of mo- a bit more motivation than none at all. Yeah, she gave him a yeah, she gave him a wristy. No, she didn't. <laughs> Although, you know, it's one of those where out of Aerith and Tifa, Aerith is probably the most likely to just sleep with Cloud first. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> like, oh, it's weird, isn't it? Because Tifa doesn't isn't supposed to give off the vibe of this, but uh, oh, fucking hell, I'm really bad with my words today. Tifa looks like she'd be way up for everything, but in reality, she's the childhood friend, blushing virgin type. Whereas Aerith yeah, yeah, yeah. is the I've shagged twenty dudes and I love it type. Mm, but mm. but their appearances are meant to be deceiving. You'd think it'd be the opposite way around, but when you spend more than five minutes with either character, you quickly realise, oh, you were wrong. Yeah, that Tifa is the feminine, demure, and shy one that's built like a brick shit house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, here for it. <laughs> anyone who draws Tifa with abs, good job, you're correct. Yep. <laughs> anyone who doesn't draw Tifa with abs because they focused on the big old milk titties, I I respect that that is your preference, but she needs them abs. Yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think having Sephiroth and Eris as uh, our two MVPs is a, is a good mix, because as we both say, both drive the story in ways that Cloud never could, because he can only talk when it's cutscene time, whereas other people can talk whenever you talk to them yeah and yeah that's uh, that's why neither of us are giving it to cloud <laughs> like cloud is just barely above school at least cloud very rarely has the fucking ellipses response i fucking hate that so much 
Fuck you, Squall. I'd, I'd say Squall's actually better because you actually get to see his internal monologue as a player. It's just the outward people just don't get to see that. They just see him looking at the ground, inspecting his shoes, and then eventually he just erupts with the conclusion that he's drawn in his head. Oh, fucking the eternal monologue of Squall sucks, though. Yeah, like that one time he's, he's like, the only thing he spe- says in the entire conversation is, I will not be talked about in the past tense. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> I think that's about it from, from us from today. So if you've made it this far, as always, you are our favourite person. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you have the YouTube comment section, or if you're listening to us on one of the audio platforms, you have our email address, which is... NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. Once again, that is NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. And it's going to be goodbye from me. And this was the only decent goodbye quote, so I hope you like it. Remember, only death awaits you all. But do not fear, for it is through death that a new spirit energy is born. Soon you will live again as a part of me. And if that's not terrifying, I don't know what is. And therefore, I shall give you this pair. Man, should we fucking do a raffle for pears?